God is our refuge and strength, and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with the surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the boy and he shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Good morning. My name's Stephen. I'm one of the ministers at Trinity Church Modbury. I love this psalm that was just read. It's so reassuring. But I also find it a bit unsettling because it feels a bit unrealistic. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Really? Is that really possible to be without fear? I tend to be the warrior in my family. If the kids are sick, I'm the one who says, do you think it might be meningitis? I'm the one who sleeps on their floor just to make sure that they're okay. My family laughs at me because when they're eating fish, they know that I'll say, watch out for bones. And when we're eating calamari, I'll say, watch out for that bit that makes you choke. And when we're in the bush, everyone knows that I'm the one who's going to say, watch out for snakes. Sometimes they make fun of me and they say, watch out for bones and don't choke on snakes before I even get a chance to say anything. The way I see the world is that there's a fair bit to be afraid of. And the idea of being fearless, it's really attractive, but it feels unrealistic. I don't think I'm alone in this. I think there's a lot of fear in our world. We saw some of these fears when we asked people what they think is the biggest challenge we're facing. From people's answers, we saw there's the fear of of what's happening to our environment. We saw there's the fear of what's happening to our economy and the greed of many. Just watch The Social Dilemma and you will see that there's a lot to be afraid of. You can see what greed does to our world. 
We saw that there's the fear of lack of respect between people and the division and hatred that it causes in countries and elections. There's the fear of COVID-19 and what it's doing to our world. I asked my local member recently what he thinks is the biggest challenge we're facing. And he said COVID-19, but not simply the challenge it's, it's placing on the world right now, but the challenge of instability and friction between nations that it poses to the future as we all try to recover economically. There are so many fearful things in this world. On a personal level, we can fear cancer. We can fear marriage breakdown. We can fear for safety for ourselves or our children. We can fear loneliness. We can fear rejection, fear our peers, fear depression, fear not having enough money. We can fear death. It's hard to imagine seeing the world without fear. But that's what this song in the Bible is saying. It's saying that if we see God rightly, then that's exactly how we can see the world. We can be fearless. There are three things the songwriter sees that are true about God that makes him also see that we don't need to fear. He sees that God is king over creation. He sees that God is king over the nations. And he sees that God is king over history. Look at verses 1 to 3 where we see that God is king over creation. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. In poetic language, the songwriter pictures this crazy natural disaster where there's an earthquake so big that the mountains fall into the sea and then there's a tsunami where the waves hit the mountain and, and causes them to shake again. And even in such a massive natural disaster, he says, they don't need to fear. God is king over creation. God's not threatened by natural disasters. The forces of nature, they, they aren't predict unpredictable to him. Nothing can happen outside of God's control. So the songwriter says, why should we fear? The next thing the songwriter, songwriter sees is that God is king over the nations. Look at verse 6. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. In some ways, the nations are also like waves. One rolls in and then crashes and another takes its place. One nation rises up, falls down, and another superpower rises after it. Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, Napoleon, Britain, the Nazis, the US, and the question on everyone's mind, who's next? China? Who knows? But what we do know is that one nation will rise up over another nation. When we look at the world, it's a pretty scary place. But even though the nations roar and rage, when God lifts his voice over the chaos, in verse 6, the earth melts. God is far more fearsome than the nations. So the songwriter says, why should we fear? The third thing the songwriter sees is that God is king over history. Look at verse 8. Come and see what the Lord has done, the des desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. God is terrifying as we've seen, but he is also good. He uses his awesome power to end war in this world. But we can look at the world and think, really? 
Is that what's going on? Because there's a lot of war. That's true, isn't it? One way of looking at the world is to think, what on earth is God doing? It's common for people to say that they don't believe in God because of the suffering that they see in the world. Like my doctor, I've told you this story before, who when he found out that I was a pharmacist but became a minister, he, he just couldn't get past it. And he said to me, but look at Syria. Look at the children dying there. He even said to me, I don't mean to be rude, but what about your mum? She died when you were 20. How could a God allow such suffering? That's why I don't have faith, he said. And I said to him, I know what you mean. There's lots we don't understand, lots we can't understand. And I said to him, but I don't have the faith to be an atheist. I said to him, my problem might be wondering why God allows suffering. But your problem is figuring out why suffering is even a problem to you at all. Why should you look at Syria and even care? Without God, it, it's just neutral. It's not bad. It's not good. It just is. Why should we care? The point is that we see that it's a problem because it really is a problem. Because life is not meaningless, random, and only as valuable as we consider it to be. Life really is sacred precious and it's valuable because we're made by a God who cares about us. It matters to God that nations rule in evil ways. And even though we don't understand the details, what we see in history is that God doesn't let evil regimes go on forever. They all fall. The songwriter sees this. He sees that God is king over history. But even more importantly, he sees that God will be king over history. Look at verse 10. God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God is going to establish his own rule. He's not going to allow the uproar and the failings of nation after nation go on forever. And because of that, right now, God says to this world, and he says to each one of us, he says to you, be still. Be still means two things. First, it can mean cease. This is God saying to the nation, stop, stop your evil rebelling, surrender. But be still also means relax. God is saying to his people, see the world through my eyes. Don't worry. Let your anxiety go. I've got this. I'm in complete control. I am king over creation. I am king over the nations. I am king over history. But in this chaotic scary world. How can the songwriter be so sure? How can he know that God is saying to him, this to him? How can he so confidently say, therefore, we will not fear? Have a skim over the whole song with me, because the reason why stands out pretty clearly when you do this. Look at verse one. God is ever present. Verse four, the city is the city of God. It's God's holy place where he dwells. Verse 5, God is within her, she will not fall. And verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Verse 7 is like a chorus in the song, because look at verse 11, it's repeated. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Why is the songwriter so confident that Jerusalem won't fall? How can he be so fearless? Because he sees that God dwells in Jerusalem. God is with them. He sees that God will protect his people because he dwells with his people. 
Do you see what's going on with this song? This is a song all about where you should look for security. The songwriter is in Jerusalem, a fortress city, a city surrounded by a massive wall. Now we don't really get this because here in Australia, we don't have any walled cities. And even if we did, walls don't offer security anymore because since the invention of the cannon, walls are pretty much useless. But imagine living over two and a half thousand years ago in Jerusalem and all that stood between you and death were those walls. When the nations were raging all around you, you'd be pretty thankful to be in a fortress city. But the songwriter is saying, no, their security doesn't lie in what they can see with their eyes. Jerusalem is not their fortress. The God of Jacob is their only fortress. The songwriter is, is lifting his vision to see what we can't see with our eyes. It's very easy to put your confidence in, in what you can see, to feel secure because of the solid rock that you can touch between you and your enemy. That's real comfort, isn't it? That's tangible security, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not where real security lies. Lift your eyes, the songwriter urges. True security lies with God dwelling with his people. That's exactly why the songwriter says, even if there's an earthquake, they won't, they won't fear. Even if those solid walls go from offering protection to threatening to fall down on top of you, they don't need to fear because their security lies in God dwelling with them. And it's exactly why the songwriter talks about the nations in uproar, because the other great threat to your fortress was a nation that was strong enough and determined enough to break through your walls. But again, they have no need to fear because God dwells with them. God could easily deal with the nations and he does. The songwriter says that God will protect them because it's his city. He dwells there with his people. He's their fortress. He's their true security. And so he says, therefore, we will not fear. And I want to be able to say that too. It sounds incredibly attractive, don't you think? But can we say this? In one sense, the answer for us is, is no, we're not in Jerusalem. We're in Adelaide. And even if we did move to Jerusalem, we're not Israelites. In a real sense, this is not our song. And even if we were Israelites living in Jerusalem, even still, this wouldn't be our song because there's no temple there now. God's people turned their back on him. They were unfaithful to him time and time again. God, God warned them and warned them until eventually he said to them, I'm not going to dwell with you any longer. And unless God dwells with us, we have every reason to fear. And unless God dwells with us, this can't be our song and we can't share the songwriter's fearlessness. But here's the amazing thing. Even though this song is not naturally ours, Jesus makes it our song. Even though God's people were unfaithful to him, even though we're unfaithful to God, still God doesn't give up on us. In Jesus, God comes to his unfaithful people to dwell among us. John 1.14 says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. In John 2, Jesus calls himself the temple of God, God dwelling with us. In Matthew 1, Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. And in Jesus, God exalts himself over the nations. 
but not by lifting himself up in, in the uproar and arrogance and pride of the nations. God displays his glory and power as Jesus is lifted up on the cross for us, as Jesus dies in our place, so that God really can be our refuge and strength, our true security, despite our failures. God shatters the spear as it pierces the side of his son. And through Jesus, God now dwells with his people, not in an earthly city, not in a physical location, not in Jerusalem. He dwells in us, in his people, by his Holy Spirit. Therefore, will we fear? It all depends on how we see the world. Actually, it all depends on how we see God and how we relate to God. If we truly see God as king over creation, king over the nations, king over history, and if we truly see that Jesus is God come to dwell with us, then we'll see that God is our strength and refuge, our fortress. Therefore, we will not fear. Many years after this song was written, after Jesus, Paul said in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? In verse 35, he goes on to say, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all, all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Even in all those terrible things, trouble, hardship, persecutions, death, Paul says we're more than conquerors. How can he possibly say that? Verse 38, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul has eyes to see what the songwriter sees. Because of Jesus, God dwells with us. And so nothing can separate us from God. We're already more than conquerors. We can already be fearless. Not because life will be without dangers but because we can be fearless that no matter what happens in this life, we're safe for all eternity. Not even death can separate us from true life. We have eternal life with God. We're guaranteed that a, a day is coming when everyone will see that Jesus is exalted above all the nations. A day is coming when Jesus will cry out one last time, be still to every evil in this world, every sadness in this world. He'll bring them to a final end. A day is coming when Jesus returns and God will dwell, us, dwell with us forever. Listen to what that day will be like in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. When we see what's coming, we see that we have no reason to fear. In this life, it's very easy to trust in our own walls for security rather than God. 
What are your walls that you trust in? What's your fortress? We can seek refuge in the hope of a vaccine, the hope of a circuit breaker even, the hope of change of leadership, the hope of Biden, the hope of submarines or missiles, the hope of diplomacy. On a personal level, we can find our security in our health, in our money, in someone. And it's very easy to think that because these things feel real, more tangible, that they're, they're more reliable. I'm not trying to tear down your walls. I don't think I need to. I, I think you can do that for yourself simply by asking this question. Is your refuge an ever-present help? Is your refuge unshakable? We need to lift our eyes. Our only strength, our only unshakable refuge is Jesus come to dwell with us so that we could dwell with God. And when we take refuge in Jesus, nothing can threaten that. When your security is in God, your life can be in danger because the walls are literally shaking. Like my friend in Christchurch, New Zealand, a little while back, he was telling me about what it was like when everything was shaking in the house. The, the natural fear that you feel as you're trying to pull the kids underneath the kitchen table. You're looking at them, but you just can't move with the trembling of the ground. But, but he was also telling me, even though there's that kind of natural fear, at the same time, there's an even deeper confidence in God. That even though the walls could crash in on you and your life could be over, they had nothing to fear. God holds their lives in his hands. Their future was imperishable. When, you when your security is in God, your life can be in danger from people around you, from COVID, from cancer, from anything. And when you talk to people who see that God is in control and, and God dwells with us, there can be that kind of natural fear, but you see in them an even deeper confidence in God. That even though their lives might be wasting away, they have nothing to fear. God holds their lives in his hands. Their future is imperishable. Martin Luther, who lived in the 16th century, apparently he loved Psalm 46 and he'd sing it every time they were in danger. And in his version of this song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, in the last verse he says, Jesus is by our side upon the plain with his good gifts and spirit. And take they our life, goods, fame, child and wife, let these all be gone. They yet have nothing won. The kingdom ours remaineth. In life we can't lose. In death we can't lose. Because of Jesus, God is our strength and refuge. Therefore, we will not fear. I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a warrior. And it's true, I am. Which is why I'm just so glad to know Jesus. When I find myself in, in those times where worry crowds in around me and, and feels oppressively close, every time that happens, like when Evie was born, Premi, when my mum died, every time that happens, I find that God is even closer. At those times, I remember that because of Jesus, God is my strength and refuge. He's ever present with me in times of trouble, and therefore I will not fear. Do you want to be fearless in life and in death? That's what we have when we follow Jesus. Sometimes we stop seeing it and we need to look up again. 
But when we follow Jesus, God dwells with us and therefore we will not fear. If you want to know that kind of fearlessness, follow Jesus. No other refuge is unshakable like him.